Welcome to Purgatory. I can actually say this now because we have really been living in limbo, okay? If I have one good day, there's another bad day for somebody else. And I'm an empath, so I feel everything. But I've been gone for a minute. I'm back now. Y'all call them disappearances. I call this a new season. This is what television shows do. And why not my podcast do it as well, okay? Like, the rest of May, June, July, all been crazy as hell. This whole summer. Summer been off. This ain't even summer. This is just like a... A very awkward spring break, okay? I had originally started recording my third, my fourth season, The College Times, a while ago. But I was like, nah, I don't want to do this. The climate was too high. Then people who was in school ain't even in school physically. So what's the point of this whole season? Well, today starts a journey. For the next four episodes, I'll be taking you down a memory lane for my four years of college. Because really grown shit is understanding your past, your upbringings, decisions you made, the L's you took, and we must reflect. Like I can say, when I was in college, actually shit, scratch that, when I was all the way in fucking high school, when shit would happen to me, I'm very nonchalant. Like I brush things off as if I don't care. I am the little emotional person at first because I'm a cancer, but after that, I'm just like, fuck it. I'll just put it in my little bag of shit I got to deal with later, right? But with all this free time going down, it's this, okay, let's talk about it, you know? And I've also been going to therapy too, so I have something to talk about there and shit. It feels like I opened up Pandora's box, honey, because All the monsters up in there, damn, damn. Everything's been popping out, and it's like, if it's one good day, it's another bad day. But you just gotta go with the punches. You just gotta go with, that's one thing I can say about me being a black woman. Some of the shit that I've gone through, I don't know how I survived. I don't know how. My white counterparts could not relate to the shit. And you know what? It's fine. I have to thank my younger self for making the certain decisions, standing my ground. Uh, They set the tone for my crazy ass. And I don't know if you can tell, but I got a microphone. So my audio is more legit. And I had recorded the original two episodes, but I trashed those and said, we gonna re-record them. Cause it, it just sounds cuter, okay? It just sounds cuter. I also got a camera too. So I'm thinking about starting back my YouTube channel and doing visual episodes. I'm still in the thinking process. And yeah, at one point in college, I had a YouTube channel. I'll talk about that in episode three. But yeah, so we're going to jump into the story with my first year fuck ups. And yeah, the story starts with college applications. So to be completely honest, I never heard of UC Berkeley before applying. I really wanted to go to Yale or HBCU on a full ride, uh, preferably Spelman. So I didn't want to go to school in LA just because I had been there all my life. And I was like, I need to get out. So I just didn't apply to schools. 
I just applied to the random UCs and the random Cal States and I kind of had a one-track mind, but I kept my options open. Scratch that. I actually just applied to all the schools that gave me a free application. I was broke as hell. And I went to the Black College Expo, which is something I would recommend for every incoming college freshman slash, you know, high school senior to do. Go to the Black College Expo and just see how many admissions you can get on the spot. It's fun. Um, It got to a point in my senior year where I was just collecting these acceptance letters like it was a trophy. Okay, like I was the GOAT. Okay, like there was a point where I'm holding all of these fucking college acceptance letters like I'm Kobe with all of his rings. Okay, like that was me. And... I done got denied by Yale, y'all, and I got denied by every full-ride scholarship program I applied to. Bitch, my stupid face was on tight because I had applied to, like, 30 schools out of state. I didn't look up financial aid or nothing like that, and that fucked me up because then they're like, oh, yeah, like, there's loans, and I'm like, no, I don't want loans. I want free So, my 30 acceptance letters turned into eight schools I'm choosing to. And I realized I'm staying in California. But where? Because I didn't apply to no schools in Los Angeles. It's April 2015. I still don't know where I'm going. It's May May 1st was decision day. Everybody looking at me like, Tashaya, you got to pick a school. Then one day... I got a call about admit stay program, senior weekend at UC Berkeley. And I was like, hmm, I'll go. It was free. I loved it. I met all the niggas, saw a protest, fell in love with the Bay, and I SIR'd on the spot. I was like ready to move in already. But they told me, no, you got to come back in the fall. I said, fine, I'll finish this damn year, whatever. But... It all starts in the summer, okay? Because this is even before the semester started, okay? I already was like, fuck this school before I even got there, all right? I'll just say this. You meet some weird-ass motherfuckers at orientation. And the key is, is when at orientation, you come friendly from a distance. You do not need to be buddy-buddy with everybody that motherfucking weekend, okay? Because what is the likelihood of you seeing these white folks on campus? Hmm. Hmm. Just ask that. You only click with the motherfuckers that in your major and that look like you. That's really it. But, um, <laughs> anyways, your real ones are the folks who are at your dorms. The people who you go home People that you see on a daily basis. But my tour guide was a Karen. And, but she was like trying to diversify, you know, I, I, I don't know what the fuck she was doing, but she invited my little orientation group to her boyfriend's frat party that night, like the night of orientation. Um, in my head, I said no, but my mouth, yeah. Sure, everybody said yes. So that night, we all met up in a unit one courtyard to walk to Frat Row. And for context, 
I had moved in on the Afro floor early and it was really just me there. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm just the only nigga who's going. And I was already coming from a predominantly black high school. So when I see this sea of snow in this party, bitch, I'm frozen. Where the niggas at? Where the hood niggas at? Where where the weed at? Like, I'm just asking all the important questions in my head, but I'm just, I'm just stuck. Okay. And I think Karen saw that look on my face of where are the other black people? So she brings me over to this man and I think he was in the sunken place. I don't know. This man just looked lost. And I don't even think he went to Cal, but shit, we was like the only two black people there, noticeable. And this was my first college party, so the expectations were very high. But shit, when I walked in, I was cooling. Fuck it. I was like, listen, this is actually just the first party I've ever been to. So I don't know what to expect. The music is blasting. White folks are doing white folk things. The YG is blasting. I feel okay because it's my music. I'm literally from LA. This is great. Then somebody say nigga. And it wasn't me or the other nigga in the room. It was somebody else. Strike one. Strike two. You know YG say nigga every millisecond in his songs. So it's like if you sing into his songs, you can literally see somebody mouthing words. I saw the bitch that said it, strike two, and then it's one of Karen's friends. So of course I walk, of course I walk over. Get your friend. Get your friend. I don't give a damn if I'm a freshman. Get your friend. I don't give a fuck if she's drunk. Get your friend. Because if she says it again, I'm going off in this bitch. She said it again, y'all, and I swung. I swung. The bitch fell to the flow. I don't know who that white woman was. I don't give a damn who that white woman was. But she went to the ground. Karen said, leave. Another bitch said, who hit my sister? I said, I gotta go. Like, I don't know. Like, when I tell y'all that was my first ever alter, I ain't been in that many fights, y'all. I am I literally sucker punched a white woman and walked out the party. I was like, this bitch said nigga and in my presence. I don't feel comfortable. And I was out that party like a thief of the night, y'all. It was crazy. Because people in college don't be fighting. They won't call the police. And I wasn't tripping because I don't really like to fight. I'm a, I'm just a nice, I'm a gentle giant, as my mother would say. But that's restorative justice, okay? The bitch said the N-word in my face. Bitch, I'm uncomfortable. What the fuck you expect me to do? Just ignore it? No. So that moment stuck with me for the rest of my first semester because I wasn't trying to go to no parties on frat row because I forgot which frat I actually had this little moment at. So, so like the first few weeks... When there was parties and they were like, we got these bids to shy it, come on. I don't know which frat I punched the white bitch at. So I'm not trying to go to no frats, period. That was that. <laughs> that should have been from Cat in the Hat. Anyways, I was just very cautious. And literally, I didn't know if I was on no hit list. I didn't know if they had a hit on me. I don't know. Until... I went to the yard show after party. That's when I realized I was a party animal. And it was a great coping mechanism for my academics. Like, I would be upset about a test and party my pain away like, bitch, you did your best. It's okay. And I'd wake up the next day ready to do my assignments. 
and be a student. But in regards of academics, first things first, I was a spring admit. What does that mean? Uh, I still don't know. But I did a fall program for freshmen where I could move into the dorms but still take classes at a style like campus. See, most of the other spring admit programs were like, you gotta go to London or you take classes at a community college. Yeah, I probably should have took classes at a community college looking back at it, but I'm gonna tell y'all how I did this fucking fall program, okay? So like I said, I took classes at a satellite campus. So while all of my friends on the Afro floor are walking to campus, I'm walking in the opposite direction to go to some random building behind the church. Bitch, it felt like I was going to high school because my high school was behind a church. And I'm just in these classes with no friends. I had to burn the representation moment when you're the only black person in your room and a teacher calls on you to speak on the community and you're just a child who's not really tapped into their blackness yet, but just knows what they know from high school and TV. So you kind of say a bullshit answer and see how that goes. Cause I always see that moment on TV when it's like this black student who's like in the class and it's like about racism and it's like, everybody looks at them. It's like, oh shit. And it's like, what's your take on it? <laughs> and through this little fall program, I had my first encounterment with racism in academia. Isn't that swell? Yeah. And bitch, it was English, the most subjective subject. Okay, scratch that. It really wasn't just English. It was English with the philosophy approach to modern art. Bitch, I don't fuck with philosophy and I damn sure don't fuck. Actually, I love art. I like going to museums and shit, but while reading books as well. The woman was asking for a lot. Especially not in my major department. This is out of my jurisdiction. I kept getting C's on every writing assignment. Like, and I was just really irking my nerves. Like, the first C humbles you real quick. But the second one pisses you off. Like, wait, bitch, what the fuck I'm doing now? Like, my grade's supposed to go up and down. It's not supposed to stay stagnant. What the fuck? That's your problem. You're not teaching me because I must not be learning something. So I went to office hours. In comparison to my old self, when I was in high school, I didn't go to tutoring. But in college, I put my big girl panties on and I went to office hours every time I had a problem because, yes, I had an attitude about my grades. I was like, no. I would get C's. I would go to office hours. She'd preview my shit. And she'd be like, it's great. And then I got an F. Huh? I got an F on a 10-page paper that I wanted to redo because it was a C originally and this bitch had a nerd to say you went completely off the prompt bitch you said be broad you said go on and be broad so I went on a bit broad what oh my god I thought I think she had Alzheimer's or something I don't know I'm ooh bless her heart because she would say things in office hours and forget the, who the fuck I was in the damn classroom from jump I'm like this bitch is racist alright bet and you know how I am about racism dun 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 dun, dun about to be some ass alright but literally I'm about to pull up to office hours with my do rag on sweats on about to knock old like white lady out because I'm having an attitude about my grades and I'm trying to fight because 
I'm trying to change the generation. Literally. <laughs> and she cancels office hours. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to see this bitch on Wednesday. I eventually calmed down, but I fought long and hard in that class. That bitch gave me hell. Fucking hell. Like, with a pressing comb. And I'm natural. So she was ready for my ass. And literally shit wasn't working. The SLC, the Student Learning Center wasn't working. My homegirl, who was a writer, wasn't working. She was doing her best, but I was like, shit, you just a student just like me. Girl, we trying to learn the same shit. And I was just out of luck. So I ain't going to say what I was going to originally say because that might take my degree away, but I had a solution and I passed the class with a C. But all the shit I had to deal with with that class, I was neglecting my other two. I had a sociology class and I had a class on earthquakes. Both of them were boring, but hella cool, you know, very informative. But the thing is that when you're dealing with a very racist professor, all your energy just goes towards dealing with this bitch. And I was like, ah, I would just tell them. I would be like, can you get your colleague? And a bullshit response. That's not my department. Bitch, this is not my department to deal with some racist ass motherfucking in college. I came here just to do my education and get the fuck out. That's why I'm here. But, yeah, so, regardless, the main takeaway on my college semester, first semester, was college is an investment. But you don't have to put all your money in the same bank to see the profit. Listen, community college is a saving grace. Like, there were so many classes I did not want to take on campus. And I took them out of community college. Felt so much better. The teachers are nicer. They actually want to talk to you and know why you're studying what you want to study. And I took some classes at a cease at a community college. And it was solid. After my first semester, my GPA was nasty. It was just shit was ugly. I I had I got a scholarship, but if I'm making C's, D's, and B's, barely getting by, they ain't gonna me my money. So I had to figure out some type of way to be able to run my coin still, but still go to this damn institution because I wasn't about to just transfer completely to a CC. That wasn't the option. But that's what I do when I'm overthinking because I wasn't on academic probation. I was just my freshman year, my first semester, I had a few fuck ups and I was humbled real quick. And I had to give myself grace because everyone's different. If I fuck up, that's okay. I get to live another day. Thank God I get to go. I get to come here another semester. They said, try again. So second semester, I was working on getting my GPA up and figuring out what classes I could finesse on the low because that's the blueprint. The classes that were hard as hell on campus that I could get away with taking off of campus, that's what I did because they were half the price. If it's affordable, then you two are going to be adorable. Like, that's what I did for my prereqs. That's what I did for my math classes. I really wasn't trying to deal with none of the bullshit on campus. So 
I dealt with it off campus. And then looking back, I'm like, fuck, I should have just did the first two years at a community college and just knocked out on my general requirements. Because to be honest, those are really a waste of your time in regards to college. Like, I wish all four years I just studied what I really wanted to study, but I didn't. I had to take a class on rocks, a class on drugs in the brain, a class on all this shit for some breaths, for some seven classes because they wanted me to be the jack of all trades and all departments and uh shit all this liberal arts mess i honestly just wanted to get a degree that's it that's all i wanted and the ge's were really even though they're prereqs for most of the majors half of them didn't apply to mine and to be honest the general ed requirements are usually those classes you see on tv when you're in a 500 room lecture, trying to find a good seat in class. If you get there too late, you gotta sit on the floor. Uh, no one's talking, no one knows your name. Teacher's assistants for sure don't know your names. Even though you have them in a discussion section, they will still call you the wrong bitch every fucking day. Hence why my Instagram name is the whites call me Tasha. But I wouldn't get mad at my TAs, at my teacher's assistants, not for just calling me on my wrong name. Automatically, that was strike one. But they would just waste my time. We would sit in lecture. And then after lecture, there's discussion. But we would go to discussion, and no one's discussing anything. I'm sitting there for a whole hour talking about random shit. And motherfuckers didn't want to open the syllabus till week six. Now... The thing is, is that I understand that your education in college is all, it's all you. You got to keep up with the syllabus. You got to do this. But my thing is this, your professors are going to do some bullshit where they say, hey, so fuck the syllabus. I just wrote that out just for the, the department to know I got something. And then when you actually have a midterm, the bitch is like, surprise, it's only like two questions. And it's like about a reading that I really didn't tell you you had to read, but I told you it was optional. So yeah, fucks you up in the long run. So in the long run, I would say read the syllabus and go on the first week. If the teacher name drops the book during the week, that means read that motherfucking book, right? Now, she name drops all four because she wants to read the syllabus. That's that's just, no, don't believe that. What you're going to do is kind of check the flow of your professor. Sometimes they lean towards books that they like. Obviously, if they wrote the damn book, you should probably read that book. But the books where they talk about the most, like I remember one of my professors really talk about Frankenstein and it was it wasn't a required reading right but this bitch on the final exam this bitch had a question on frankenstein and i'm like that was not one of the required readings ma'am so but thank god i read frankenstein in high school so i had a little bit up my sleeve but all these professors read a lot so you gotta read a lot too because most of these questions sometimes will be like use a an author or some text an outside text and 
don't use every fucking book from high school because they know the catcher in the rye. They know Romeo and Juliet. They know Macbeth. They know damn near everything. So get some other shit out your, out your pocket. And the wise words are sugar free. Stay ready so you ain't gotta get ready. But yeah, going back to general air requirements, English classes, like I said, you better be ready to write, debate, argue or kiss ass because those professors will be reading your papers very subjectively like she's nice b plus or i don't like this paragraph c i don't know how the hell or who the hell be giving a's in english but it's always subjective you're it's really case by case you just gotta get somebody who's nice and really you can work with this person if they know how you talk or if you talk to them in office hours. Sometimes these people just want friends. And it's really awkward because they don't say that effectively. They say, yeah, come to office hours at this cafe. And they even offer you to buy you food at the cafe. No, I don't want food, ma'am. I just need help with my grades. Yeah. And it's like, oh, if you want friends, then you probably need to go to other shit. And I remember one of my English professors was like, write how you talk. Ma'am, I do not talk proper. I'm an eloquent writer, but I do not talk proper. Okay, I know how to code switch. And another thing is the teachers, they will give you a broad ass prompt and then get mad because you're not specific. What was I supposed to do in this whole scheme of things, okay? And then when we talk about STEM, well, honey, the leaf must be the devil himself because because I have friends in all these departments and they all was chill. Some of them, they was nice. They walk in one way and they walk out that class another way. They walk out all stressed and sad and feel like they went through the trenches of hell. And I'm just like, God damn. And I remember I had to take a math class, like one math class. So I took statistics. And when they mixed numbers and paragraphs together, I don't like that. Mm-mm. That was out. That was out. But anyways, now the first semester I have fucked up. So when I came back to Berkeley for the second semester, a bitch was locked and loaded. I'm ready to bounce back because second semester is always a lit semester. The weather, campus elections, spring break, more parties, more people. Yeah, all that jazz. But my classes were all intensive writing. No STEM at all. Nigga, I had a paper due every week. You would have thought I was writing my thesis at 18. But for me, it's better for my anxiety that I just had papers because I really get stressed over tests. And, but for me, it's like when I write, I have to be in a mood to write. But most of the time, the mood was stressed because I had procrastinated. And it's not like I wanted to. I was just prioritizing what was due first because literally, literally my classes were like a domino effect. When one was due, 
another was due Tuesday, the next one's due Wednesday, the next one's due Thursday, and then all repeats next week. I got no breaks until I asked for an extension, and then when I did that, that fucked everything up because, ooh, there was just one weekend where I'm doing double. I'm writing like two papers per class. And I have four classes. That's eight papers. That's damn near 60 pages. Somebody called Guinness because I done broke some records. I also broke my damn computer that year because, like I said, I'm always writing. Like, I literally submitted my final exam at 11.58 p.m. And at 12 a.m. when I'm trying to watch Netflix, my shit turns off. Like, wow. But I will say, the dopest part of my first year of college was living on the Afro floor. I stayed on the fifth floor, 513A to be exact. But honestly, every predominantly white institution needs an Afro floor or a safe space for just black students in general because these institutions were not made for us. And just because I'm able to attend this institution doesn't mean I'm fully safe or these campuses got buildings named after slave masters. There's racist folks in every fucking corner of campus. The police presence is just nasty and atrocious. But anyways, the Afroflow is a themed housing program that immerses you in the culture and the community deep. And and it's a great space to just be an unapologetic black college student. Like, you'd walk in one room. Niggas is playing 2K. Walk in another room. You got three people working on a head for poetic justice braids. Like, we were just unapologetic. And we were chill. Shit, a good grip of us were from senior weekend. I actually got a chance to live on the Afro floor that year. And... The little demonstration protest that I saw that past April, it did something to me because I big chopped. I cut all my hair off. I got the Malcolm X glasses and I was ready to be marching in them streets. Okay. And part of the Afro floor is that you get to take this seminar class. I don't know why, but I thought it was going to be the class that teaches how to protest and fight for our rights, but for the first three weeks, we were trying to define what black culture was, and I really don't think we got a clear answer on it. I got to celebrate Kwanzaa for the first time. You know, I read more black literature. I got in touch with just black authors and artistry. It was, I was less connected to the campus, more connected to the community. But in hindsight, almost everybody black on campus was involved with the Afro floor. Either they lived there, they friend lived on the floor, they lived in the building next door, whatever. So, like, there would be days when random people just walking throughout the floor. And the thing is, it's always a open doors, happy floors type of policy. So if your door was just open, motherfuckers just walking up in there like, hey, nice to see you. And I don't like the element of surprise. So sometimes I probably might have an attitude like, who walking up in here like they know somebody? 
ah, that's what they would be doing. And I was like, who is this? And they'd be like, I used to live here before. And I'd be like, well, you don't live here now. Literally, when people would walk into my room and talk to me, I got invited to like dope events. They showed me where the good food was at. And I remember we had like movie nights watching Friday and everyone's just reciting lines like off the bat. We were watching Empire together back when it was actually like in its prime. And it was like my my family, my home away from home. Like when I was going through all that shit with my racist professors, another person on the hall was going through the shit too. And I was like, friend, I got you. Cause at the end of the day, that's how you survive college. You need a community. People who support you as much as you support them. So yeah, that's kind of the end of our little freshman year fuck-ups. Like, my thing, during your first year, you need to understand the big picture. Like, why are you actually at college? Because shit happens. There's going to be obstacles that are going to push you from the direction that you really want to go into. Imposter syndrome hit you really early, hella fast, and it might push you off your focus. And the thing is that once you understand the big picture, it really doesn't matter how you paint it. It's your own journey. Like you're pursuing college for a reason. You made it through one year already. What else you gonna do next? Like you're there for a reason. They accepted you. Somebody read your application and said, this motherfucker is gonna succeed here. So, with that being said, I'ma catch all you heathens for the next episode of Really Grown Shit. Thank you so much and have a great night.